Hosea, if you turn there, and God willing, we're going to be expounding uh, chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. This is a special part of the book of Hosea. Now remember, chapter 5 ended with God telling Israel that he would go to his place, he would leave rebellious Israel to herself, and he would allow her to suffer his judgment on her sin until she had finally had enough and decided to return to God, to forsake her false gods, and come back to the one true God who brought her forth out of the land of Egypt. And throughout this book, we have been hearing from God. We've been hearing God telling Israel, uh, you're wrong. We've been hearing God warning Israel uh, and His indictment upon Israel. But as we enter into chapter 6 this morning, we're finally going to hear from Israel. We're going to hear Israel's response to God. The unfaithful wife's silence is finally broken in chapter 6. It's broken by the judgment that she's underwent. Now, we get to hear uh, Israel's amazing response spoken prophetically through the prophet Hosea. And notice I said spoken prophetically because uh, the response we're going to hear this morning, it didn't happen when this book was written. The response we're going to hear this morning it hasn't happened yet. It will. But it hasn't happened yet. It's going to be Israel's response after they've suffered the judgment of God in the distant future. What you're about to read about this morning in these verses is a prophecy that's waiting to be fulfilled. It's a response from Israel that's going to occur toward the end of this world. When we read the prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus' virgin birth, or His hands and feet being pierced in the book of Psalms before the Romans were ever piercing people, we marvel when we read the eyewitness accounts in the New Testament of how those prophecies were fulfilled as they watched Him there on the cross. Fulfilled prophecy is is powerful. It's exciting. But it's just as exciting to know that there are still many prophecies in the Old Testament that are still waiting to be fulfilled. And we can read God's Word and know how this story of man comes to an end. That's what we're going to be doing this morning as we enter into chapter 6 to hear Israel's response after when they finally come to the end of their rope, after suffering the painful chastisement of God for their sin, of abandoning Him as a nation. When that time comes, Israel will say, look in Hosea 6.1 now, Come and let us return unto the Lord. Man, I've been uh, preaching through Hosea and uh, and taking the Genesis to Jesus class to the Old Testament. And it's so sad. I was telling them this morning, we finally finished up the Old Testament this morning, and I was showing them how, okay, look, here's how Israel split into two kingdoms. Here's the prophets God sent them and told them, you better start behaving yourself or Assyria and Babylon are going to get you. And most of the kings of Israel were wicked men. And... Eventually, 
uh, Babylon got them. And then Persia got Babylon, and then Greece gets Persia, then Rome gets Greece. When you get into the New Testament, the Romans are in control of Israel. And it's never been the same since they fell away from God back in the Old Testament. They've never had complete control of their land. They've never been a sovereign nation again. And everybody's always lobbing bombs at them. They've been put into ovens, persecuted across the face of this world. And they still haven't broken that stubborn streak. They're still very secular. Oh, yes, there's some rabbis over there. And yes, they, you'll see them with their hair and their little phylacteries. And you'll see them do this. At the, that's not what God wants from them. God wants them to return to His Word. God wants them to accept His Son. The, 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 the one that He's promised since the Garden of Eden would come and overcome sin, Satan, and death for man. And finally, finally after thousands of years, there's going to come a time when they break. And they will say, come and let us return unto the Lord. Now, you say, Brother Richard, you're anti-Semitic. This is the Jew we're reading from here. This is Jewish writings to their own people. They're saying, in the future, here's what's going to happen. Our people will finally say, come, let us return unto the Lord. Notice it says, return. You see that? Return. There's coming a time when there will be a turning point for the nation of Israel. They will collectively make the decision to abandon their love for this fallen world, to abandon their dependence upon other nations for help. They won't need the United Nations anymore. They won't need the United States anymore. Did you know right now the nation of Israel depends on the Iron Dome defense system? Guess who helped buy that for them? We did. These Gentiles did. We spent almost like $3 billion supplying that Iron Dome defense system to help protect them from these rocket attacks they have all the time. But as most of you know, the United States is becoming less and less friendly toward the nation of Israel. The Democrats favor Israel's enemies. And as we near the end of the world, Israel's enemies will multiply against them even more than you see now. Listen to what God said He would do to the rebellious nation of Israel before Jesus comes again. It's in Zechariah chapter 14. Zechariah 14. This is before Jesus comes the second time to set up His kingdom here on earth. God said, I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken, and the house is rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity. When this takes place, Israel will have nowhere to turn but to God. You see? They will come to a place where they recognize 
that they are in the sad position they're in as a nation because they're suffering the judgment of Almighty God whom they abandoned so long ago. Zechariah, who we just read from there, another Jew, a prophet to his own people, saying, God is going to gather all nations against us. This is what's going to happen. This is what is yet to take place. Look back now in Hosea chapter 6 verse 1. And I want you to notice again that they said we will return unto the Lord. Meaning they will realize they once were with God. Their forefathers once walked with God. Like during the time of Joshua, during the time of King David, during the time of Solomon. We once walked with God as a nation, but we left Him. Now we need to return to Him. We need to get back to what made us successful as a nation to begin with, and that was our walk with God. They'll say, let us return to God. Look back in your text. For He hath torn. He hath torn. Finally, Israel realized that they were their own worst enemies. Finally, they will realize that God had made their forefathers exceedingly great and precious promises, but they had needlessly suffered all these years, these thousands of years, because they threw those promises behind them and chased after the things of this world instead. The fact that they recognized that God had torn them shows that they realized they had sinned against God. The one true God and had suffered on account of their actions. Not the actions of the Arabs. Not the Iranians. Not the Palestinians. Not the Nazis or anyone else. But they suffered because of their actions. This is an acknowledgement of Israel's sins. God has torn. It's God that did this. It is them recognizing that they got into the mess they're in because of their disobedience to God's Word. And this acknowledgement is the first step to their recovery. And it is the the first step of recovery for any nation and also for any person to acknowledge your wrong and to return to God. They will say, let us return to the Lord for He has torn us, look back in your text, and He will heal us. In other words, we got into this mess by rejecting God, and we can only get out of this mess by returning to Him. Oh, if Israel would only realize that, Brother Doug, when they finally come to that point, oh, you just look out. God has wounded us, and only God can heal us. Write down in your notes or in your margin, Deuteronomy 32, verse 39. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 39. God said, see now that I, even I, am He, and there is no God with me. I kill, and I make alive. I wound, and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. Here's a kingdom truth for you this morning. God's grace is the only cure for God's judgment. God's grace is is the only cure for God's judgment. Israel has been suffering the judgment of God, but they've been neglecting the grace of God. They're, 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 they're coming to the United States wanting money. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're 
pleading with their political allies for help. But they need to be looking up. They need to get on their knees. They need to recognize they have rejected God's word. And they need to return back to God. God's grace is the only cure for God's judgment. If your departure from God wounds you, then only your return to God can heal you. Israel doesn't recognize this now. But they will at the end of this age. Just watch. If we're still around, you'll see. Israel will remember the gospel covenant that God made with Adam. They will remember the gospel covenant that God made with Abraham, their father. They will remember the gospel covenant contained in their scriptures, their holy scriptures. And they in faith will say, look back in your text, He hath smitten and He will bind us up. That's hope right there. That's faith right there. He will bind us up. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 1 through 3. Deuteronomy 30, if you're taking notes, verse 1 through 3. Look what God promised Israel. God told Israel, and it shall come to pass when all these things, it is all these warnings, these blessings and cursings, when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee. And thou shalt call them to mind. Now, now let me just pause right there for a moment. God told them, if you'll follow me, I'll bless you. If you depart from me, I'll curse you. And when the curse has come upon you, and you remember that I told you, I'll curse you. If you disobey, I'll bless you. If you obey, and when you're under that curse, you're under that pressure, he says, And thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee. Remember how the, how, how the Germans got the Jews? Remember how, what are they doing here in the United States? What were they doing over in Nazi Germany? What were they doing in Poland? What are they doing in all the parts of the world? Because God scattered them abroad upon the face of the earth. God said in the book of Deuteronomy, while Moses was still alive, before they ever entered the promised land, that they would rebel and God would scatter them all over the world. And they're still scattered. It wasn't until 1943 that they became, I think it was, a, a, another nation again. And that's still under dispute by other nations. And there's this little sliver of, of, of geog geography there that they're, they're on. That, that little bitty portion. And the rest of them are scattered all over the world. So he says, and when it comes to mind, when you're scattered out like that, Watch this now. Which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee, and shalt return unto the, unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day. Thou and thy children with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations whither the Lord thy God has scattered thee. You want to see Israel come back together as a nation? They're going to have to come back to God. God says, I'm going to scatter you. It is not until you finally remember my word and my promises that you'll go, that's the problem. That's the problem. 
God says, if you'll only call to mind the warnings and promises I gave to your fathers, you'll return to me, embrace my word again, then I'll gather you back to me. I'll deliver you from the hand of your enemies. I'll restore you as the people of God once again. Right now, the nation of Israel is the spectacle of the world. There's no other nation like them on earth. They dwell in that little part of land and everyone wants to take it away from them. Did you know a Muslim mosque now stands where their temple used to be? A Muslim mosque now stands where their temple used to be in their own nation. And they are too afraid and powerless to knock that mosque down and rebuild their temple. You think about how powerless they are. It reminds me of the children of Israel when they were at Kadesh Barnea and they were about to go in to, to get their promised land and they sent the 12 spies in the 12 spies came back and said well 10 out of the 12 came back and said those people are big their cities are fortified there's no way we can take that city oh, and their knees start knocking together let's go back to Egypt where we were slaves and God's like oh you know what are y'all doing y'all don't believe me and here they are in their own nation right now. And there's this Muslim mosque. People that hate them have their mosque there on their temple mount. And all they can do is go to the Wailing Wall and do this. That's not going to get it done. We're going to have to have some bulldozers, some bombs, and some architects to get that done. And this right here is not going to get it done. But why don't they do it? They don't believe God. They're still in unbelief, just like they were at Kadesh Barnea. They're like their unbelieving fathers who would not enter the promised land because their enemies were too big for them. But one day there will arise another generation of Jews. And that generation will fear the Lord. They'll believe the promises He gave them so many years ago. And they will say, we know what to do. We see it here in His Word. Let's return to our God because He will do as He promised. He will heal our land if we come back to Him. This new generation of Jews will recognize where the previous generations went wrong. They will recognize that they rejected their promised Messiah when He came. They will repent and they will believe the gospel. Listen to what God says. They will say, they will say, God will bind us up. Looking on verse 2. After two days, he, will He revive us. After two days, will He revive us. Take your pen, underscore the word revive. Revive. The Hebrew word translated revive here means to live. It means we're dead, but after two days, we'll live. They're saying if we return to God, then He will give us life. But keep your pens handy. When did they say that this life would be given to them? Underscore the words, after two days. Man, is this good or what? Y'all see where we're going with this? You see where, where the prophet Hosea is going with this? 
God's going to make them live again, revive us, give us life again after two days. Church, this would make absolutely no sense as a prophecy. No sense apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe when this prophecy was written so long ago, the people who read it probably wondered what in the world Hosea meant when he said Israel would be given life after two days had passed. I would imagine that Hosea probably wondered, Okay, Lord, I'll write it down. And he didn't know what it was talking about. And hundreds of years passed by after this was written. And all during those hundreds of years, the next generation of Jews are reading it. And, and they're thinking, you know, what is this talking about? After two days, he'll revive us. After two days, he'll give us life. Until one day, the promised Savior came. And when the promised Savior came, He told His disciples that He was going to be put to death. Why? For Israel. For our sins. But then He said He would rise again. When? On the third day. After two days, He will revive us. Look back in your text. In the third day, He will raise us up. This is the Old Testament people. This is the Scriptures that the Jews reject. The promise of eternal life given on the third day. And it can only be given. Life can only be given one way. And that's the Savior God promised back in the Garden of Eden. That's the Savior God promised to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, through Moses, through the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, who said, The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the only way life can be given. Because God said, The day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Death came by man. And only through the promised Savior can eternal life be given again. And God said, this life will be given on the third day. On the third day, He will raise us up. Speaking of Himself in Luke chapter 18, verse 33. Luke chapter 18, verse 33. Jesus said in third person, again speaking of Himself, they shall scourge Him and put Him to death, and the third day He shall rise again. Jesus told His people, I'm going to die. On the third day, I'll be raised again. The Jews' own scriptures testify that one day Israel will recognize Jesus as their Savior. Their own Old Testament scriptures say that. And that they will understand that His death and resurrection from the dead was for them. It was their death and resurrection from the dead. Let us return to God, and we too shall rise again with Jesus on the third day. Because Jesus lives, we shall live as well. They will say, In the third day, He will raise us up. Look back in your text, and we shall live in His sight. We shall live in His sight. The only hope for the nation of Israel is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the only hope. Because apart from that, 
You can put the best king on the throne, and that king eventually is going to die. The only hope for any nation in this world is the Lord Jesus Christ and His resurrection. We were reading through the prophet Daniel this morning. Next door, and Daniel was talking about how all these kingdoms conquer each other. And finally, there comes the Ancient of Days. And he sits down. The judgment happens. And the Son of Man rules forever. And his kingdom's never taken away. I told the class this morning, after all these thousands of years that we've been here on this earth, no race, no nation, no spot on this earth, after all these thousands of years, has been able to successfully establish a government that gives world peace. Not one. The Bible recognizes it, and the Bible says it's going to continue like that until the Lord Jesus comes. After three days we shall live in His sight. Those of us who were dead in trespasses and sins, though we die in our flesh and be buried in the graves, we will be raised up by God through Jesus Christ. And we who were dead shall live in His sight. Listen to what God said about Israel through the prophet Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. A Jewish prophet... In the Old Testament, speaking to the Jews, said, in Zechariah 12.10, The Lord said, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. Watch this now. Watch what the Lord says. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. You see that? That's the Old Testament Jews speaking to their own people. And God speaking to them says, One day, this rebellious nation is going to look upon me whom they pierced. Do you know what God's saying to the prophet Zechariah? Israel, you will pierce your own Savior. You will pierce the one God sent to you. And then later when Jesus comes, they pierced His hands and His feet. They still reject Him now. But Zechariah said, rather God said through Zechariah, they will look upon Me whom they have pierced. Watch this now. Let's read on. He said, they shall look upon Me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for Him as one mourneth for His only Son. They're going to weep. They're going to be sorrowful and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Glenda lost her firstborn. You know the sorrow of that loss. One day the nation of Israel is going to look at Jesus whom they pierced and they're going to feel the same way. They're going to say, Oh God! God, what have we done? What have we done? We crucified our own Savior. God said, that's going to happen. 
They shall look upon him whom they pierced. They're going to realize they crucified their king, their promised seed of the woman, the one who came to set them free from the enemies of sin, Satan, and death. And they will repent and believe on him and will live forever because of his death and resurrection for them. What a wonderful time that will be. Israel will never have to seek help from another nation again. With that, we'll close. Wow. What a book. <laughs> what powerful scriptures. And here we are as Gentiles, and by the grace of God, He's opened our eyes to see these clear scriptures in the Jews' own, own books, their own writings. But because of sin, their eyes are closed right now. The Bible says there's a veil on their eyes, a covering. But in the end, the Bible says the veil will be taken away and they'll see. Folks, I don't know how anyone can read the Bible and look at history and look at the world going on around them and come to the conclusion that the gospel is not true. That God did not give us a record of how we got here, where we're going. And what we need to do to overcome the plague of death. It's overcome through the one who was pierced on our behalf. Only through him, his death for our sins and his resurrection, can we live again. I can say my faith has been placed on Jesus and his death for me on that cross. Him putting away my sin in the tomb and rising again to overcome that sin and to give me life forever. And because my faith is on Him, on the third day, I will rise again. Father, we thank You for Your precious Word. Oh, what powerful Scriptures. What convincing words from Your prophets. How they ring so true in our day as we watch what's going on in Israel now. And we look forward to the time, Father, when they will look on Him whom they pierced. And they will mourn for him, Father, as one mourns for an only son. You told them it would happen. It has happened. But praise God, you said one day, they'll say, let's go back to God. And Father, I pray that these scriptures will not only give us hope for Israel in the future, but will be for us, Lord, an incredible reminder of how we need to live for you in the present. In Jesus' precious name we pray. If there be any here today who have not accepted Him as their Savior, who perhaps in the past have not believed the gospel, but now are convinced, Father God, that it is true, I pray, Father, that they'll confess Him as their Savior and let it be known in Jesus' name. Amen.